You're listening to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. You can support us on Patreon and join our Discord server at patreon.com slash wtfolklore. Hello everyone and welcome back to What the Folklore, Making Sense of Senseless Tales. I am your storyteller, Carmen. Crime Weaver Tyler. I'm Gordy, the singer of non-memory. Thank you, Kobisk. Interesting. Interesting? Yeah. In the the choice or the title? Both. I'd, yeah, singer of non-memory. What is that even? It's not often that you get things that aren't just goof ups Yeah, that's like a, that's like, I'd happily put that on like a real business card and hand <laughs> it out to people. And they'd be like, what's a singer of non-memory? And I'd just kind of wink, <laughs> fade back into the crowd like I was never there. <laughs> like Homer into the bushes. Well, would you like to sing the non-memory of what we do on this show? Is going to read a weird fairy tale or piece of folklore to me and Tyler. One, Sing uh, it. a no, <laughs> you're no fun. Um, a g- good improv. Uh, you can always just say no to whatever's happening. <laughs> um, no fuck off is what they call it. That's <clears throat> <coughs> yeah, prime principle of improv. <laughs> how about no? Um, And she has chosen a story that Tyler and I at least have never heard before. Maybe some of you have never heard it before. And we're going to, uh, as we read it, pick apart its plot holes, uh, note where it could be improved and where it could make more sense, and just put that all together at the end for you. Just don't let these old stories get away with their bullshit. You just have to sit and, like, sort of let it drip over you. Did you choose or do we choose? You choose. You have three fresh choices this week. Oh, shit. Which means you need a metric. I told you my metric. Tyler Tyler has an ulterior motive. Right. Uh, would, you, would you like to explain your motive since we're, since we're talking about it now? This is week two of a new segment, I guess. It's, it's a show-long segment. It's the whole show where I it's have like a... a s- scavenger hunt. <laughs> yeah. I have a secret phrase that I've been given by some Discord members that I have to casually and naturally work into the conversation without any of my co-hosts noticing. And it is active again this week. It was uh, probably the worst thing that's ever happened to me because I <laughs> because it was just it was just it was right there. It's right there and I just didn't go for it. We'll see how you do this week. I'll, I'll get you the, the rush that Boatwatch has um not bad um, for you in a bit. I mean, I'm still, I'm still gonna keep boat watch just because, like, I might, we as, have a I might as well. Like... For it. Thank you, donut shoes. <laughs> Thank you. But as mentioned, my new metric is to pick a story that I could probably work the phrase into easier for myself. Right. Like so last Gordy. time, I had to mention an emperor without an emperor being present. Gordy, do you want to do a blind metric or a blind boat watch for this? Um. Sure, I'll do a blind. I'll do a blind uh, boat watch. Um, hmm, no. No boats. <laughs> Did the music even play? Uh, no, it's going to play right now. Oh, okay. Uh, that was... Uh, that, see, this is this will illustrate how how meaningless boat watch really is, because um, it because it just happened and it took it was shorter than the theme song, because uh, it's literally just whether I think there will be a boat in the story or not. All right, what's your metric for choosing? For choosing the story? Yeah. Uh, whatever I think will be hardest to work a secret <laughs> phrase into. Awesome. Working That's interesting because you don't know what the phrase is. I, I don't, but I, look, I have to read between the lines a little bit. Mm-hmm. So right. you and I are playing 4D chess against each other now while Carmen <laughs> tries to read a fairy tale. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it also means we are going to have a very hard time agreeing on, on which story to read, I think. Or will we? Maybe, I don't know. So, uh, that's, that's the beauty of 4D chess, is it literally makes no sense to anybody. <laughs> Uh, do we have an executive producer? We do. <clears throat> Let me pull it up because I forgot to beforehand. We I still do. have not nailed down like the pattern of this whole 
there introductory business section. It's fairy tale jazz, baby. It's different every week. It's all about the segments we don't do. <laughs> uh, this week's episode is brought to you by Ali Kazam on the Discord. Yes. Uh, AKA Arn Thompson type 1567G. Good food changes the song. Thank you, Ali. Yeah, thank you. Kazam. Ali Kazam. The most magical of the alleys? Of the Pokemon. I assume. I, th- I thought of the Pokemon. Sure. Right. Alakazam. You both have your metrics in your heart. Boat yep. watch is locked down. Are you yeah. ready for your choices? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we got some heavy hitters this week as far as like major mythological creatures as well as uh, major folklore players. So, from Charles Perrault, the man responsible for the official Beauty and the Beast that the Disney movie is based upon, we have his other lesser-known tale, Cowlick Ricky. Good. <laughs> um, okay, strong, strong attachment to Cowlick Ricky. From Scotland, uh, we have The Selkie Bride, the tale that, um, that, that film, uh, The Secret of Kells People, mm-hmm. Song of the Sea, that one's, this is... That. Reservoir dogs. <laughs> yes. Reservoir ocean dogs. Which is... <laughs> Reservoir water dogs. That's um, basically what from, seals are. From our good old friend Hans Christian Andersen, we have the Happy Family. Uh, I mean, sounds like Cowlick Ricky. I'm going with Cowlick Ricky. I don't care if it's easy or hard. I like <laughs> Cowlick Ricky. All right. Cowlick Ricky it is. Let me pull it off of my choices. All right, so Cowlick Ricky is a Charles Perrault tale, uh, Charles Perrault being that French fairy tale author. Uh, this is suggested by Nathan the Scot. Thank you, Nathan the Scot. Um, and comes from the Golden Book of Fairy Tales. <clears throat> Just a reminder for the secret phrase, you both get three guesses as to what the phrase is. Carmen, I'm going to say if you want, you can relinquish your guesses to give Gordy six guesses if you just want to focus on storytelling. <laughs> but that's up need, to you. I don't need charity guesses. I can do it in <laughs> I'll, three. I'll give Gordy one guess. Okay, so you okay. get two four. and Gordy has four. <laughs> okay. Gordy, you're our watchdog. Okay. Catch him. How to catch the crime. <laughs> All right. Are you two ready to enter Cowlick Ricky? Well, story by Charles Perrault. Can you rephrase it? I haven't even met Cowlick Ricky. Yeah, let's, let's, I mean, bye. Are you ready to bye. dive into Cowlick Ricky? That's worse. <laughs> Are you ready to swim deep in the waters of Cowlick Ricky? <laughs> I'll take the first one. I forget what it was already. <laughs> All right. Cowlick Ricky, here we go. Once there was a queen with a terribly ugly child. It was a boy who was a lumpy baby with a cowlick. So they named him Cowlick Ricky, because Ricky, I guess, is the lumpiest name. I mean, it it rhymes, kind of. It really rolls off the tongue. It does have a good internal rhyme. I would Um, say that Rocky is I'm assuming this is is translated from French, so... Yeah. I think that Rocky is lumpier. Rocky does sound like a lumpier name. Rumpier name. (laughs) (laughs) Rumpy. Rumpy would be a pretty lumpy name. Rumpy? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Cowlick Rumpy. <laughs> um, so some fairy shows up or doesn't. Maybe she does this from home. What? She, like outsources it. There's just, there's suddenly a fairy. Carmen, what? You cannot, you cannot say a fairy shows up or doesn't. What are we doing? <laughs> We're doing. Are you folklore. telling a story or not? Or are you just suggesting events? <laughs> I am I am relating the suggested events given by the story unclarified. Is it is it like a quantum superposition where the fairy is there and not? A fairy <laughs> gives him a gift. Whether the fairy shows up to give him the gift or like sends it via Amazon, unclear. Okay. Was it on his but, wish hmm. list? Yeah, how did the fairy know what to get? I think fairies just kind of like pick what they have lying around. And send it off to the nearest prince. It's. I mean, is Jeff Bezos a fairy? Because that's kind of what he does, right? <laughs> yeah. Jeff Bezos is indeed a fairy. He cannot create things. 
But you can only steal them and gift them. <laughs> you can only uh, collect them in a giant warehouse and not pay taxes. Before we find out what it is, Gordy, do you want to guess what the fairy gift is? Um, Jeff Bezos only fit pays taxes to hell. It, Just like fairies. Um, what the fairy gift is? That's what the uh, warehouses are for. They're just collecting people to use as taxes to the devil. I mean, that's um, more or less what it's like to be an employee of Amazon, right? We're giving you thinking time, Gordy. We're not just talking over you rudely. <laughs> <laughs> My first instinct is that it's a comb. Mm, for the but cowlick. It's, but it's sentient and in great pain. <laughs> oh, God. Every time it licks the cow, so to speak. It's, it's existence is agony. <laughs> Tyler, what do you think the gift is? I think it's a pair of, like, super comfortable, just like the nicest you've ever seen, just a rare limited edition set of underwear. Is that your phrase? It is the phrase. Yeah. <laughs> I got too, gotcha. I got too co- I cocky from you. last week. I trapped you, Tyler. I was overzealous. I knew, I knew you were trying to get Gordy Rare. to do the thing so you could... Fit it in there. I was trying to make a smoke screen and it didn't work. Yeah. Rare limited edition underwear was yep. the phrase. Ah, well. One point Sn- for Carmen, one point for Tyler. Get him next um, week, Gordy. I'm going to call that an assist. <laughs> Let's set, set him up real nice. Just a Man, bumbling Gordy, assist. You, you fudge so many rules to get W's. Um, I'll take what I can get. That's, you know what they say, always be, always be closing. All right, so on, the actual gift they that do the fairy sends him via Jeff Bezos is the gift of being always lovable, intelligent, and witty. And then she sends him, like, a little bonus gift, one of those things that you can tack on for free shipping. Like, you know, this thing's little, it won't free ship by itself, but you get a bigger one, you can put this in there, too. Is it a set of rare limited edition underwear? It is not. It is the bonus gift of he can one day magically make one other person just as intelligent as he is. Okay. I mean, that's... It's interesting. <laughs> I guess. Like, that's yeah, an interesting power to have. Uh, you could auction that off. Probably. If nothing could, else, and make, like, a lot of money off of it. Get a could, good eBay rate on it. Could you hand it to somebody who's smarter than you and have them do it to you so that you get a boost? Maybe. Or maybe you give the gift to somebody who's smarter than you, and you're like, how's it now, dummy? Right. If you give it, then they are getting dumbed. Right. But what if you drop it, and they just happen to pick it up? And then they give it to you, and you mm-hmm. get... Oh, you like, get hey, listened. sir, you dropped this. And you're like, fucking, now I'm Einstein. I'm glad that you have already figured out how to, <laughs> like, crime up this very gift. It's all I do. <laughs> just weave and weave all right like, um, so, i'm like a grandmother at christmas but for crime <laughs> i want to see fan art of tyler in a rocking chair slowly knitting or weaving crime <laughs> in like a frumpy grandmotherly outfit uh with cricket at his feet napping all right, so uh, the queen felt a little bit better about her lumpy baby when she hears about the gift, because apparently queens are not present when fairies do a magic on their babies, so she just has to hear this like through third party. Weird. Ricky, as a baby, Kay. talks early and is good and interesting and funny and the best at everything except for looks, because lumps. All um, right. So, cut to a few years later, a neighbor queen, and I like to imagine when they say neighbors and then royalty... But they're just living in, like, a royalty suburbia. This is a castle. It's within touching distance of another castle. So, Neighbor Queen had twin girls. First of the twin girls is a total hottie. But the queen's joy in her looks is quickly spoiled because the fortune fairy, <laughs> whoever yeah. that is, Does shows up and is like... the fortune fairy write the cookies? Yes. And she's, like, on a, a lunch break walking by with her um, her like Panera bread soda that she's got left over and a little bag of leftovers and she's drinking the soda loudly and she, she stops in on this queen and she's like hey, um, that hot twin baby that you got she's gonna be just as stupid as she is beautiful. No, no luck. Uh, the second twin is so alarmingly ugly 
But the fortune fairy is like, nah, 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 don't worry. She's going to be so witty and intelligent that her looks won't even matter. Mm, I mean, that's good, I guess. Yeah. Like, yeah, like so witty and smart. Like, those are good qualities. And it's it's rare in a folktale that intelligence yeah. and wittiness actually makes the bad looks not matter. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. So the queen asks the fortune fairy if she could maybe manage to get the give the hot one a little bit of wit and the witty one a little bit of hotness. And the fairy says, no, choose on her Panera bread, <laughs> leftover bread hunk a little bit, and then thinks about it. And it says, I can give the hot one the right to make a person she chooses just as hot as she is. So I guess the ugly one's just kind of like left out to dry. What are, I'm not following the rules. So the hot, the, stupid the, princess... Why are the can, restrictions? ...can give another person the gift to be just as hot as she is. Yeah. Why Why she can do that, but the fairy can't just make uh, Ugo princess hot? No idea. Uh-huh. I don't know the rules of fortune fairying. It's just beyond the power. I think probably it's just beyond the interest. <laughs> That's fair. The fairy wants, like, a cool drama to watch. The soaps have gotten real repetitive... Um, Netflix hasn't come around yet. She just wants a little bit of drama. She's way too good at Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, it's just boring now. Jeopardy? Seen it. Knows all the answers. (laughs) So as the girls grew, uh, one of them became stupider and the other one became uglier. In company, the smart, ugly one... Wow, this worked out great for everyone. I mean, no, the stupid one's stupider. The ugly one is uglier. They're not evening out. Right, they're just getting worse. Yeah. Uh, That's so what I mean. Company, I was being sarcastic because it's uh, worse for everyone. In company, the smart, ugly one was more sought after because even though she wasn't pretty to look at, um, she was a lot more interesting to talk to. And the pretty one was so stupid that mm-hmm. she either hurt people's feelings or just bored them silly <laughs> and was also clumsily knocking shit over so you could get your cool ball gown like covered <laughs> in red wine near her. She was just a uh-huh. danger to be around. So one day when the pretty stupid one was out walking in the woods, she met a crooked young man dressed richly, but was super ugly. And it's mm. Calic Ricky. Yay. I remember him. He had fallen in love with a portrait of the princess. And I guess his okay. oh, photos and okay. neighbors. Um, and he'd come to speak to someone who could be so hot. Okay. We're doing this again. Yeah. But we didn't... I, I guess it's better because we didn't have to see it. We're joining it, like, in media res now. Yeah, we haven't watched Cal Lick Ricky be intelligent and interesting. His, his story have to really hasn't so. mattered. Also, now he's twisted instead of lumpy? Uh, he's crooked. He's probably still lumpy, but maybe he's dressed... The, like, the rich dressings he was wearing uh, are specifically designed to hide lump. He's got some shapewear going on. <laughs> Okay. I know I know what you Got mean. Spanks. I know what you're implying. Uh, I am imagining him just like dripping with really good Thousand Island dressing. <laughs> it's like the just, high quality stuff you'd yeah. find in a, a fancy steakhouse. Yeah, just sort of oozing along the street. Uh, so just, just lumpy and slick with vinaigrette. Yes, his his skin incredibly unhealthy, I think, <laughs> because that can't be great for you. All right, so hot princess seems sad. I wish I could refer to them as anything other than hot stupid princess and smart ugly princess, but they what, don't get names. So. What even are names? Yeah, whatever. Um, so she seems sad. So Calicricky asks, "Hey, how can someone as hot as you be unhappy? Like you got everything." Looks. That's it. All of it. You're good. (laughs) End of Um, list. And she says, I don't know. Stupidly, somehow. So he says... Can you take that again, but stupider? I don't know. That's what... Why does... (laughs) Why is that where you went? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I think you're just going to sleep. Say it like Goofy would say it from Kingdom Hearts. Well, this seems like a good spot to find some ingredients. (laughs) There you go. I don't say, know. And then say Gorsh at the end. Gorsh, I don't know. There you go. All right. Uh, yeah, so whenever says, she speaks, just add a Gorsh now. Okay. He that says true. in his, uh, his very witty, intelligent way, beauty is such a rare thing. Nothing but your beauty should matter to you. 
Intelligence proven. Great. Good enough for me. Fedora. Love it. <laughs> Sunglasses fall from the sky. Terrible. Don't do this. I'd rather be ugly as you and not stupid. Gorsh, said the princess in her usual heavy way. <laughs> and Ricky, Fedora intensifying, says, I'm sure you're clever. Only the clever have sense enough to know that they know nothing. That was downright uh, Confucian. Who said that? Who said, like, I know enough to know that I know nothing? It wasn't Confucius. Like Socrates, maybe? It was one of those so- Greek, yeah, some Greek, Greek philosopher. philosopher guys. One of those yeah. backwards talkers. Um, when, yeah. Just speaking in circles. Gosh, I don't know says the princess. I do know I'm helplessly stupid, and it makes me sad. Gorsh. So it was, it was Plato. Okay. Oh, it was Plato making fun of Socrates. That's even better. <laughs> Look, do, doing like of, a, this is what you sound like. <laughs> of the of the old Greek boys, Plato's probably my homeboy. I, I, I do love Mason Plato. He's got his cool cave. He sounds like a fun reusable clay product <laughs> it's got everything going for him sarcastic as hell what does socrates have the socratic method whatever and hemlock. not and not saying anything ever he has a belly full of hemlock <laughs> <laughs> all right so ricky says well if stupidity is all that's bothering you uh i do have an easy cure for it, it was a bonus gift in my amazon package when i was a baby um, so if you consent to marriage with me, I will give you this quick fix em ups. So the princess is unable to say a word, having run out of a goofy accent. And, uh, he says, hey, look, I understand you're not too keen on the marriage part of this, because I am a lumpy boy, so <laughs> you needn't marry me right away. How about a- you take a year to get used to the idea, but I'll give you intelligence right away. Uh, like, we'll just sign a contract, everything, we'll get married a year for- from today. So it's going to happen anyway. I mean, he definitely seems to think so. He's like, confident enough to give her his end of the bargain and lose well, his bargaining chip he's, in this he, marriage thing. He's giving her a year to think about it, but the contract does say they will get married a year from now. Yeah, you take a, a year to get used to it. Not to oh, think about it, to get see, used to, to it. To get used to the idea. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've already decided for you, so I'm going to give you this thing, and then you're contractually obligated to me. So the poor girl is stupid enough to imagine that anything a year away isn't really real. (laughs) Which, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's an easy thing. I commit to things all the time a year out, and then get to it, and it's like, how how many shows am I doing this weekend? Fuck. How How long have we done this podcast? How old old is she? Um... an unknown amount of time has passed. They have grown. Princess aged. Yeah. Princess age. I mean. Miss time's I mean, marriageable. Uh, yeah. That's the fucking. Because like definitely when you're a teenager, if you say like you have to do something uh, in a year, that's like, okay, like basically that will never happen. Right. We should Who's actually. never anything in a year. We should actually lock down what the myth times marriage formula is. Like mathematically speaking. Um, historically speaking, myth anywhere times from, speaking, yeah, but like, oh, you're, if we're you're taking saying history as a, yeah, as a, a model base. for myth times, we're talking anywhere from like 12 to maybe 25 at the max before you start becoming an old maid. Myth times has to be less gross and somehow grosser. How do we thread that needle? 16 to 19 only. <laughs> After nineteen, you're de- you're doomed to be taxes. Yeah, you're you're just a taxable expense. All right, so she agrees in spite of no desire to marry the strange lumpman because a year away is just that's not happening. Uh, when she gave the promise, she felt her whole mind suddenly spin, and she could now think and say witty things and wise things and endearing things and other things things she couldn't say before. Her goofy voice completely vanished, and she never had to use it again. <laughs> well, that's a shame. Her so, goofy voice vanished? Yes, yeah, she's got... Is that real? 
a witty voice now. That's not real. You just don't want to do the goofy voice. No, should the do goofy voice definitely vanished. And it says it in the all. text. Yeah, it doesn't. It's, it's it like, doesn't. And she no, no longer doesn't. spoke like Disney's Goofy. <laughs> no, that's it. That's an edit. That didn't happen. Keep says, doing the voice. Says Charles Perrault, French fairy tailman. <laughs> he was on board with Disney. He made Beauty and the Beast happen. He knew what's going on. He doesn't know anything. <laughs> Carmen, you're lying. If he I would wrote never that, lie to you. If he wrote that, it would say Le Goofy. <laughs> yeah. Le, yeah, but yeah. this is Le, Le Goofy's voice. This nah, that stays though. Le Goofy to Disney. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the two of them talk for a little bit. Sounds like a swinging nightclub that I want to go to. <laughs> Le Goofy, Le Goofy to, Disney. to Disney. Sounds like, like, a, to... like a total tourist trap yeah, nightclub. For sure. Yeah, I want to see that in downtown Disney. Just like a French bistro with a t- complete tone problems. It's $80 for a Budweiser. <laughs> <laughs> But it's in, like, a branded bottle. <laughs> you can buy a, a $20 pancake that's shaped like Goofy's face. But it's crepes, because it's French. You can buy a $20 crepe <laughs> shaped like Goofy's face. <laughs> All right, so the two of them talk for a bit, and she's so bubbling with the wit that he's now given her that he's having trouble keeping up with her. So like, But they should be on par. Yeah, but I guess his has degraded a bit with drinking, um, <laughs> or whatever he's been up to. Weird. Um, like he got the, he's been keeping the fresh, like brand new baby intellect, mm. uh, un, unworn down. And you know how, you know how you feel stupider now that you're older than you did when you were an 18? Daily. Yeah. Do you? I, I do. Really? I feel like all of that, like sparky, witty brain power that I had when I was young is definitely degraded. I've My read considerably less like, books. I, I still try to read, but man, I'm so tired. My, my whole brain power is just to get into the next day. I read maybe a book a year now, and that's terrible. <laughs> that is not ideal. Um, yeah, so he's just been living with his intellect, which means that the pressures of adulthood, because he's several, several years older than she is, not like 10, but probably like five, um... So he's had to do more adulthood things than she's had to. And all of those wear on your brain. The more times you have to talk to a customer service representative, the dumber you get. Uh, probably correct, yes. <laughs> and that's, that's what adulthood is. It's talking to customer service representatives and trying to get your damn dentist appointment canceled. And they say they do, and then they send you confirmations to do it anyway. All right. Um... He finds her a joy to speak to because he hasn't been challenged in a while. He's only been talking to Comcast for a long time. Currently, it sounds like a win-win. Right. So she goes she home. she has new superpowers, basically. And he has a smart friend for once. Yep. A contractually obligated smart friend. <laughs> so she goes home now. And she is currently hot and articulate. So her ugly sister is quite eclipsed by her whole existence. Yeah. And... I think maybe stops mattering at this point in the For story. For the rest of the story? I think so. Great. Uh, I'm glad of, she was there. Yep. She lots provided people, so much. Why even have the twin? Right. We'll get to that. Uh, lots of people want to marry her now, and her father begs her to make a decision. So she goes to the woods to think it over, because now that she has more intelligence, with, with intelligence comes a tendency to reflect on pros and cons which is why intelligent folk find it hard to make decisions. And don't ask me what bagel I want, Deborah. I'm too <laughs> smart. I have to, have to figure it out. The menu's long. Everything! <laughs> With cream cheese! But which flavor of cream cheese? I ha- What's the maximum? Is there not everything cream cheese? To go on it's, everything it's bagel? It's both like chives and raspberry at the same time. <laughs> if you put everything cream cheese on everything bagel, would the world end? Uh, I'd rather do that. Your world than, would end. Would it be like I, another Big Bang? I'd rather do that than what I got today from Dunkin', which is a stale ass bagel and peanut butter instead of cream cheese. <laughs> what? Like, look, Dunkin', Dunkin' has been very good to me. Uh, on this, on this one occasion, they did, they did make an oopsie. I didn't know that they had peanut butter ever. They do an in, in like little cups, like. 
like little containers. I like peanut butter on a bagel, but that's not I the do point. too. But yeah, I, if, if I'm going for cream cheese, if you had said, a switcheroo on me. If you had said butter and got peanut butter, okay, like I kind of get it. You said cream cheese. <laughs> peanut yeah. and butter are not in the equation. And I and I ordered through the app, so like there is a like a, <laughs> a, a text a, a textual like record. <laughs> yes. Of of what I request like I went in for a bagel at like noon because I was doing other things this morning, but I still wanted like my bagel and coffee. Uh, so I think I just surprised them at the wrong time of day. <laughs> this is not bagel time. They look ninety nine percent of the time they do a great job. Uh, every every once in a while, you you get peanut butter and a stale bagel. I'm I'm still sour with Dunkin' Donuts over getting rid of almost all of their menu that isn't a donut or something with that fake egg crap on it and also getting rid of sauces like for their donuts no for their sandwiches i mean they are dunkin donuts they are but they used to have this chicken sandwich like chicken bacon ciabatta sandwich and they had this really good ciabatta bread and it had a delicious sauce on it it was a perfect sandwich and i would pay too much money for it all the time and it's gone now. And I think there's maybe one savory thing that doesn't involve egg, but it also doesn't involve any kind of sauce, so it's just dry. And then the next most savory thing that doesn't involve egg is a bagel. Gordy, I think I have a solution to why it was a stale bagel. Because I went in at noon? Yeah, because they have a single bagel in glass on the wall that says, smash if someone wants lunch bagel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I don't, I don't begrudge them too much for the staleness of the bagel. I'm sure, I'm sure, like the time I went was not like primo bagel hour. Um, I so have gotten I, donuts I at two it. o'clock and they're still fine. Yeah, but they, but like again, they are called Dunkin' Donuts, not Dunkin' Bagels or Dunkin' Sandwiches. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I expect the donuts to be kind of fresh around the clock. Um, the the other things I can I can let slide. Like, they are, first and foremost, a place where you go for donuts and coffee and some fake egg. What were we talking about? Uh, This is the story over. Uh, It's not, but I apparently forgot to finish noting it. So Uh that's fun. Let me see if I can find this real quick. Are you just going to make up an ending? Wait, I'm the, so tired, you guys. We've did never encountered just, this. Did the notes just run out? Do we need to force this? To I mean, be I still have a couple notes, but I just looked ahead a little bit and I realized, oh fuck. Uh, I mean, oh, I we... think I think I know what the problem is. I had what? meant to to follow up with Nathan the Scott because this last page is missing. Oh from shit! The, Ooh. From the thing, and it's also missing from the Google Books version of this of this golden fairy book well i guess i guess we got a two-parter on our hands the scan got sent out of order i should not have put this as an option on the top that was a very dumb bad thing for me (laughs) to have done (laughs) Uh, so it's missing a page um let me see i think there's just like a whole page missing between beginning and end all right, so, damn, I done screwed this one real bad. <laughs> All right, um, yeah, people want to marry her. Her dad sends her to make a, a final decision. She's too smart to make quick decisions. Her thoughts get cut short by the sound of many busy voices. One says, stir up the fire, and another is instructing table placement, while a third looks for a golden ladle. Let's see if I can Google it from somewhere else. Um <laughs> In the Glen, there were 30 chefs, the special kind of chef. You know the kind. Specialists. Muppets? Muppet chefs? Ratheads. Yeah, sure. Like Linguini. <laughs> yes. I found pit.edu is going to save our butts here. It always um, does. Uh, Ricky of the Tuft is the title of it in, in pit.edu. Okay. Well, let's so apparently hope these that's, are, that's these a different are at least translation. Quaffed yeah, let's Ricky. Ho- let's hope these are like uh, compatible versions. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens. My favorite yeah, anime, gonna, Afro Ricky. Switch translations halfway through from Golden Fairy Book to pit.edu. All right. Um, yeah, so these are the special kind of chef who prepare outdoor feasts. 
Picnic chefs. Yeah. Picnic um, chef. They're each wearing a fox tippet, which is some kind of fur hood shoulder thing that is a sign of excellence as a, as a cook. So uh, until I see Bobby Flay and Gordon Ramsay show up with a fox tippet, I will not believe anything Food Network tells me about the quality of their food. I think that I Guy even... Fieri already has fox tips. I'm not quite sure what that is, but yeah, I bet Guy Fieri would have one on lock. He's got several in the car. So the, the princess comes up to them and asks, hey, what what feasts are you doing out here <laughs> in the woods? Very, very cool, very natural. And they say, well, tomorrow is Prince Calic Ricky's wedding day. This is his full name. So there's going to be a feast in the forest after the ceremony. He's planned the whole thing out. And uh, this now super intelligent princess remembers that, oh, yeah, now it's a year since the promise she made because her new wits had hidden all her earlier stupidity in the back of her head. <laughs> um, and that's where I left off in those notes. So let me figure out where I am on pit.edu. Uh, over here, it says the ground opens, and below her is the large kitchen full of cooks and scullions. So this has some interesting extra things going on. We're doing a space jam. Yeah, uh, like an underground adventure to to the to, foods. To, to picnic cooks. All right, so... You know, like you do. Yeah, this one has a little bit more detail. Uh, she gets her wittiness. Um, she can speak sensibly. Her younger sister is not too pleased because there's no... No more advantage she has. Can you double check that ago. translation to see if it says that they she stopped talking like Le Goof to Disney? Um, I just want verification that it says it in both. Yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, that's good. I'm stupid. Um, if that troubles you, I'll fix it. Oh, I can do that. You have to marry me. Uh, I'll give you the year. And then she lost the voice of Le Goofy to Disney. <laughs> All right, there we go. Wow. Yeah, pit.edu knows what it's talking about. Okay, so her father starts taking her counsel. People want to marry her. Uh, rather than just, like, not dealing with this, she doesn't find any man with enough sense to keep her engaged. So she listens to everyone without promising, promising herself to any. Um, and at last came one who was so powerful, so rich, so witty, and so handsome that she could not help being a little bit attracted to him. And her father noticed this, told her that she needed to make her own choice of a husband, and she only had to declare it herself. Um, and then back to the, I'm, I'm too smart to make a bagel decision, Deborah, um, situation. She goes to the woods. Beneath her feet, there's a thudding sound, and uh, she hears voices, and then the ground opens. There's a, an underground kitchen in this version, which is a lot more fun than just a woods kitchen. Um there's a gang of 20 or 30 spit turners and they're wearing their cook's caps on one side with basting implements in their hand and singing a song while they work like the seven dwarves. <laughs> um, so the princess is astonished, asks about it. It's for Prince Ricky of the Tuft. His wedding's tomorrow. And she like remembers all that and the memory of her former stupidities had been blotted out. Here we are. Uh, so now Calic Ricky appears before her, gallant and resplendent, like a prince upon his wedding day, but probably still super lumpy. Yeah, that's not going to change. Yeah. And he says, as you see, I keep my word. I have no doubt you've come to keep yours. And by giving me your hand, you make me the happiest man. And the princess is like, yeah, I'll about be that. Frank. I haven't made my mind up yet. And I'm afraid I'm never going to be able to take the decision you desire. And he's like, say what? And she says, um, well, like, if I had to deal with a dumbo, a clown, a man with no sense, I should definitely feel myself really awkwardly situated. Uh, and he said, uh, a princess, uh, I think she's saying, a princess must, must keep her word, he would say, and you must marry me because you promised to. What she's saying here is, if I were dealing with a dumb person here talking to you, I would feel really awkward about this conversation vis-a-vis -vis that marriage promise from a year ago. Because you would, you would, if you were a dumbo, say, well, you got to keep your word and marry me because you promised. But I'm speaking to a smart man, right? Uh, a man with good sense, yeah? And he's going to listen to... Smart guys don't say that. 
objective reason. And as you are aware, I could not make up my mind to marry you even when I was entirely without sense. So how do you expect that today, with the intelligence you put on me, um, which makes me more difficult to please than before, because when you're smart, nothing satisfies you. Really, it's Um, your fault. Yeah, that I should take a decision that I could not take when I was a dummo. If you wanted to marry me, it was very wrong of you to relieve me of my stupidity and let me see more clearly than I did. Also, like, there are 40 lumps on you. She's playing 5D chess right now. At least 5D. Get a couple more Ds in there, maybe by the end of this. Calic Ricky responds. She's playing Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds. Oh, 5D Yu-Gi-Oh! sounds incredible. Uh, so Calic Ricky says, well, if a man who is a dummo would be justified in reproaching you for breaking your promise, why do you expect that I should act differently when the happiness of my entire life is at stake? Uh, so he's like, yeah, would, would you expect me to to accept worse treatment than, than dummo men? You with sense who wanted it, let me remind you, you asked for sense. Uh, but pardon me, let's get back to the facts uh, with the exception of all of my lumps, so many lumps, uh, is there anything else that displeases you about me? Are you dissatisfied with my breeding, brains, disposition, or manners? And she's like, no, 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 it's, it's literally just the lumps. I like everything else. And he says, all right, well, cool. Happiness is mine because it lies in your power to make me the most attractive of men. I don't know how he knows this. And she says, well, how how can that be done? And uh, he says, well, it'll happen by itself if you love me enough to wish it so. And if you remove all your doubts, let me tell you that the same fairy who on the day of my birth, so I guess he got the fortune fairy sending him gifts, and that's the mall that she was coming back from when she gave the fortunes to these baby twins. Um, She bestowed upon me that power of smart give, and she also gave to you power of hot give. Um... And the princess says, well, yeah, I wish that you become handsome then. And the most attractive, I, I want you to be the handsomest and most attractive prince of the world. So we, we're going to go for broke here. Um, and I give you without reserve that random fairy ass gift. Uh, so he becomes super hot. Some people, Dalnois, assert that this is not the work of fairy enchantment, but that love alone brought about the transformation. Only of course. In her, of course it in did. Her, house their little writing tower uh i would say definitely Dalnois if uh love was capitalized but it's not they say that the princess as she mused upon her lover's constancy he just waited for a year to marry a hot chick like he was a lump man it's not like he was some kind of uh don juan who gave up his life of many brothels to be constant to her <laughs> it's just like I fell in love with a hot picture. I'll wait a year. Whatever. Your your move. Uh, Upon his good sense and many admirable qualities. I don't know what he's displayed. Um, Lumpiness, mostly. (laughs) Right. That she grew blind to the deformity of his body and the ugliness of his face. That the lumps seemed no more than was natural in a man who could make the courtliest of bows. And the dreadful limp that had formerly distressed her... and now betokened nothing more than a certain diffidence and charming deference of manner. Uh, she found his eyes shine all the brighter for their squint. This, this one <laughs> has a lot more, like, lumpy descriptors. I might have to sque- squeeze up to the front of this and see what else is there that was not in the, the Golden Fairy mm-hmm. book. Uh, the squint was uh, a sign of passionate love, and the great red nose was martial and heroic. And not drunk. Right. So <laughs> she promised to marry him on the spot, provided that she could get the consent of her dad. And he knew that Calic Ricky, Ricky of the Tuft, is wise and witty. And he's like, yeah, whatever. I, I don't really get care. <laughs> whatever. Not, I don't care anymore. Just, just do it. The wedding <laughs> took place tomorrow, just as he had planned, in accordance with the underground cook arrangements or whatever he'd long ago put in place. Are they just a catering company in the woods? <laughs> what is their relationship to this lumpy man? <laughs> it's a yeah, very I good think, question. How do they know each other? I, I think, yeah, he's, he just hired the, the first available underground woods catering company. 
Is um, it over? <laughs> it's over. I'm just going back to the the top and seeing what else is there. Um, and this one, it's he's so misshapen that it's doubtful he would have a human form at all. So that's a little bit more extreme. And it, this one says, I forgot to mention that when he was born, he had a little tuft of hair on his head. And for this reason, he was called Ricky of the Tuft, Ricky being his family name. So his last name is Ricky. His first name is Cowlick. <laughs> yes. And this one doesn't have the fortune fairy, but does say that the same fairy who had assisted in the birth. So this fairy was present. So I like the, the fortune fairy and the like lazy fairy sending gifts. I also enjoy that the, um, the golden fairy book... And I don't know if that was one of the Andrew Ling uh, original situations or if it was just kind of a follow-up thing following that series, but done by a different person. Uh, But I like that these books seem to do kind of a lazier version (laughs) of the story. I was like, there is a fairy, whatever. She showed up and a gift happened. It is impressive that somebody wrote this story without any events happening in it. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's like really if you think about it, nothing happened. It's an achievement that I feel like requires some effort and some planning to make sure that you don't accidentally sneak some plot into it. Like this could be boiled down to a newspaper headline, which is Prince gets married. <laughs> That's the yes. only event in the story. And I I feel like catering chefs rated five stars. I feel like the commoners would know. Like, I don't know why you would tell this story to your children to put them to sleep. I Well, I guess I do know, because it would put them to sleep. <laughs> yeah, there's not, there's not a lot worth mentioning. Like, it doesn't have It is as effective moral. as hitting them with a bag of oranges to go to sleep. Um, this version of it has a moral uh, tacked on to the end, and then also an alternate moral. <laughs> So the first moral, they're both poems for some reason, because that's how morals work. Uh, first one is, here's a fairy tale for you, which is just as good as true. <laughs> so it's bad and lies, I think, is how we can retranslate that. What we love is always fair, clever, deft, and debonair. So I like, things you love look hot to you. I like that both versions that we have Frankensteined together were non-committal, but in different ways. Like the first one was like, yeah, maybe a fairy was there. Maybe not. A gift happened. And the last one is like, maybe there's a moral. Maybe there isn't. But it's better than true. Which is nature oft with open arms lavishes a thousand charms. But it is not these that bring true love's truest offering to some quality that lies all unseen to other eyes, something in the heart or mind. Which sounds like a moral where they like ran out of poem juice at the end. <laughs> like, it's just something in the heart of mind. Oh Does God! This oh God! With anything? Why no. did I start writing this as a poem? Also, this says basically the same thing as first moral. I just had two poem drafts. Couldn't figure out which one to do. Put them in both. Whatever. And publish both of them. Yeah. <laughs> at the same like, time, like I don't know. It's like the Clue movie. It ends in different ways. <laughs> it's your favorite. Um, so this is essentially saying the moral is that beauty is in the eye of the beholder, except that's not at all reflected in the story. Where the moral is, if you're a rich royal person, you'll get magic to fix the less pleasant parts of your life, and also uh, fuck that random girl who didn't have beauty in the beginning because there's nothing we can do for her. And for the rest of you, good luck out there. It's a jungle. <laughs> the, the, uh, the twin who was born with wit but no good looks is the stand-in for the regular peasant audience of the story. It's like someone's always going to get gifted something better than you and then you're going to be shunted to the side <laughs> and completely forgotten. And you will... You might as well be thrown to the dogs after that. You may as well have never been a character, which is all kinds of terrible. High praise for typically, uh, for a story. That character would be our protagonist. What does protagonist even mean, really? In these. I mean, it doesn't mean the one with the name. No. That's for sure. It apparently doesn't mean the one that... Well, 
the title character. It doesn't really mean the title character, because Calic Ricky wasn't really the protagonist of this. He was just a force in the woods, creeping on hotties. No one learned anything. Like, she didn't learn to love him. There was nothing to learn. She either... She either actual magicked him, or she got, like, weirdly quickly gaslit into seeing him differently. Yeah... Because it's saying that maybe it was just love that changed her, her mind, but like that means that she fell in love with him at the end of his sentence, asking her if there was anything else that bothered her about him. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, I guess you're fine. Well, you're pretty to me now. Maybe he knew about a secret clock that he just had to wait out. Or what? She'd get past marriageable age, so she needs to grab onto the first one nearby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, he he hit it to the second. <laughs> Princesses just have like this um, this sleeper code in them. Well, if you so scan they, your if you scan their barcode, yeah, if they're close to that um, that spinster cutoff, they will just activate love feelings for whatever figure is near them. We know where the barcode is. Where is the princess QR code that gives you the countdown for marriage time? Uh, what would he have had access to when giving her intelligence? Maybe it's under the hair, like back of the head. <laughs> like Hitman. chip. Yeah, like Hitman. In the it's back of the neck. QR code. <laughs> the barcode's under the tongue, right? Yeah, like a Build-A-Bear. Yeah, that's where they put the Build-A-Bear barcodes, under their tongues. I've been to Build-A-Bear. It sounds like it. Okay, how do we fix S- this? Sounds like we fixed this one. Uh... <laughs> Boy, I'm getting mixed messages here. <laughs> how do we how do we fix it? We did fix it. Uh, I'm going to say That's the secret. We did it. I'm going to say it can't be fixed. I'm going to say first thing, you take out the other twin cuz there's no point to having a twin there who has like opposite problem as you if you have already a love interest who has opposite problem as you. I was hoping what the story was doing toward the end was like she since this one had had introduced the other dude that she was interested in that she did a twisteroni and gave the hotness to her sister <laughs> and so her sister and lumpman got together the two women and, are two half consciousnesses i mean often in fairy tales that does seem to be the case well oh, you mean they like will fuse you mean like ventus and venetus yeah. No. How? How do you always do this, Tyler? <laughs> what? How does he Kingdom Hearts everything? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean like that. And one day they'll fuse and be dumb and ugly. <laughs> <laughs> the moral of Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> one right, day well, you you'll two be the Kingdom worst. Hearts this up. I'm gonna say the way to fix this one is that. Ugo sister who spent her entire life being listened to and like respected for her intelligence and and wit um, she has learned to appreciate those qualities in others and not p- care about looks Calic Ricky is still just this shithead who's all about the looks um, but is able to like hide that enough I guess to make her like him I don't know uh, sister gives I'll go sister, the hotness, so that both of them can be intelligent and hot, and they have a much stronger, happier relationship, and there's any point to having the twin in there. Um, and then the twin, the now hot twin, in her conversations with Calic Ricky, realizes that he was only interested in her for the hotness. He's not learned the same lesson she has. She says, nah, no thanks, and both hot sisters take their hot, intelligent selves into the sunset and go do cool things that have nothing to do with men into space yes they both go to space they start a colony on mars they start starfleet and maybe the other sister like she does fall in love with that that dude that was asking for her hand in marriage and maybe Ugo's sister who's now a hot sister becomes a hot scientist who doesn't care about dudes yeah and then they, they win. both live their best life, and Calic Ricky goes home and cries and has to learn how to um, be truly kind and not just a nice guy. And then they win the World Cup. Yes. Could we add a crafting mechanic? 
Sure. Or like loot boxes. Okay. Something what? popular. Um, to the story? Yeah, to fix it. Uh, yeah, you can buy... Some kind of you, hook for the teens. You can buy new outfits and dances. Skins. We need for, skins. Yeah, skins skins yeah. and dances for all the characters. <laughs> Legendary skins for Cowlick Ricky. <laughs> and that should get them. He looks like a surfer now. Teens love spending money on nothing. <laughs> That's why companies love marketing to teens. This is true, actually. Yeah, teens and college students, companies are like, you guys don't know how to manage this yet. Yeah. Let's take that from you. All right, well, I think we fixed this one now. It's got loot boxes. It's got two <laughs> smart hot sisters leaving a pointless title character in the dust. What more could you want from an unstory? <laughs> the end. So thank you, Nathan and Scott, for sending that one in. Sorry that I um, fudged it up here. It was exciting. <laughs> thank you, roller coaster coaster at the for end. saving my ass at the end. It was ending. like a train that was headed towards a cliff. <laughs> it was kind of, like, I just glanced ahead while the two of you were doing your nonsense. <laughs> and I was waiting for it to stop so I could continue the story. And I was like... Oh, that's a point twenty-five with nothing in it. It was like, and then I <laughs> then I remembered, like, flash of memory through my brain. I reached a point where the story didn't have story anymore, and then it was a wedding, and I didn't know what happened in between finding cooks and there being a wedding. But it was a whole page, and that's a lot of information. <laughs> it was that gif of Gromit laying track down. <laughs> yes, I know what you mean. Thank you, Nathan the Scott. Thank you, Pit.edu. Thank you, Ali Kazam, for sponsoring. Thank, thank you. you. The most magical of Allies. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you to all of our patrons for uh, keeping our costs under control and keeping our uh, our lives lively and fun and Discord, filling it with many adorable puppy and kitten pictures and sometimes tiny frogs um, and terrible, terrible memes. Thank you. Thank Thank you to our top-tier patrons, Maya, Rachel, Angela, Cole, who will catch Tyler and destroy Kevin, Caitlin, Frank, Riley, Glutton of All the Foods, Alex, Little Smorgasbord, Danielle, Wyatt, Soapy Foten, Kelty, Olwyn, Queen of Terrible Taste, Allie, Crimson, McGregor, Nathan the Scott, Yahweh Yahweh, Leticia, April, DPRCM, The Day Dude, Pyrus, Hi Liztus of Wimbus, Grace Daughter Wimbus, Snufkin with Knife for President 2020, Jeremiah, WT Folklore, but it's a musical episode. If only Gordy had had did the singing when I asked him. We it were so true. close. We were so close. But we have to follow the time-honored rule, no fuck off. <laughs> the foundation of improv. Uh, Haley, 50 years ago we landed on the moon. Tim has mad respect for Apollo. Dominic, Justin, Lily, Jenna, Jen, and Heather, whose birthday is tomorrow, July 17th. Happy birthday. Ooh, happy Thank birthday. you, happy birthday. Thank you, happy birthday. Thank you, happy birthday. Also, Gordy, you got a win for Boat Watch. Again, mm -hmm. good job. Too you powerful. both won, and I, I lost. You did lose. Crime doesn't pay. Too powerful. That's just a feel-good episode when the villain loses. <laughs> <laughs> And thank you always, Doug. Thank Last you, week Doug. it was Infinity War. <laughs> what? What? Last oh. week it was Infinity War. Where only I won. you won. Yes. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, John Waterbubbler. Thank, thank you, John Waterbubbler. Thank you, Roll Doll. Thank you, Roll Doll. Thank you, the Neon. Thank you, the Neon. Thank you, the Chrome. Thank you, the Chrome. Thank you, Knives. Thank you, Knives. Thank you, Yonder Toad. Thank you, Yonder Toad. Thank you, Mother Wimbus. Thank you, Mother Wimbus. Thank you, Big Big Rock. Thank you, Big Big Rock. Thank you, Perez the Mouse. Thank you, Thank you, Perez the Mouse. Thank you, Cowlick Ricky. Thank you, Cowlick Ricky. I don't like him. I'm not thinking him. Thank you, La Goofy de Disney. Thank you, La Goofy de Disney. I can't remember any others. That's good. That's fine. That's enough. Thank you, Woods Chefs. <laughs> sure, yeah. Wood Pit Catering Co. <laughs> Thank you, Wood Pit Catering Co. Thank you, Wood Pit Catering Co. We're what the folklore, and that's how it works. 
This has been What the Folklore. Thanks for listening to our show. If you have story suggestions for us, please send them to wtfolklore at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Special thanks to the Brobdingnagian Bards for the use of their song Happily Ever After from their album Brobdingnagian Fairy Tales. If you enjoyed our show, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts.